All right, so we are wrapping up our series on kryptonite with amnesia, the last part of it. But before we get there, I'm just going to take a few moments to, to start from the beginning of where we began, because this really wraps back to the very first um, session we had on this. And that first one was all about hidden heroes. If you can remember back to that, that's why we have all the banners behind us with the superheroes here, that, that heroes don't know who they are from the start that they don't know often their true identities. They don't know that they're this amazing person with these amazing gifts. you know. And, and they discover them as they, they move on. And they find out what their identities, they also find out what their powers are, their gifts are, their abilities are as they move forward. And then they find out that they have this greater purpose. And, and we talked about that's what God has called us to, that we would understand our true identity, that we would understand who we are, who we've been called to be. And I want you to hold on to that because that's where we're headed again tonight. And then we talked about our powers, our gifts, our abilities that God has given us and the purpose he's called us to. That we are his ambassadors, that we are children of light, that we are called to make a difference in this world and be a reflection to others of God's love and his grace and his forgiveness. The remainder of the series we talked about kryptonite. And kryptonite is, is Superman's problem. It's, it's the thing that makes him weak. It's the thing that takes away all of his powers. And, and it interferes with knowing who we are and doing good things. And we talk about what are the kryptonites in our lives that, man, when those get into our life, it, it weakens us. It keeps us from becoming who God wants us to be. And it, it hurts us in so many different ways. And, and we talked about that, you know, one of those is being the solo hero, that I don't need community. I can do it by myself. We talked about that when we become that solo hero, we miss out on the opportunity for community. We miss out on teamwork. We miss out on encouraging others. We talked about fear, that it can immobilize us and paralyze us from taking action and, and enjoying what God has called us to do. We talked about dabbling, and specifically we looked at David and his dabbling. You know, I was just taking a time out from going to war with my army. I was just standing on the rooftop. I was just looking. And all of those I just led him to a very, very painful ending that had consequences for generations. And last week we talked about the couch that uh, we can get really comfortable, that we can you know, decide we don't really want to put out the energy, the effort, and that we have to get up off of that couch if we want to make a difference, if we really want to be the person God's called us to be. And this week we're talking about amnesia, that amnesia can be a form of kryptonite for us. And, and amnesia is the sudden, or, sudden partial or total loss of memory. Okay, it can be either partial loss or total loss of memory. So since we're talking about comic book heroes and, and characters through this whole series, for those of you that are comic book maniacs, here's my question for you. How many comic book superheroes have had amnesia? Don't shout it out, and guess what? Everybody gets to play, and I'm going to give you all a good shot at this. Here's your choices. Four, eight, 13, I can't remember. Now, you should have a pretty decent shot because one of those, I'm guaranteeing, is wrong. So that only leaves three possible right ones. All right, so think about what it is. You got, your, you got yours? A, B, C, D? 
Here it is. It is B, eight. How many had it? All right, name them. <laughs> Not so smart now, are you? Well, here they are. And some of these I've never heard of, by the way. The Flash, Power Girl, Wolverine, Magneto, Ms. Marvel, Black Widow, Superman, and Batman. All of those characters at some point had amnesia, forgot who they were, and either they became villains for a short term, or they were kind of villains and they became nice guys. Magneto, it's really weird, the one that he was in, he has this massive explosion. He, he ends up falling out of the cosmos, of all places, back to Bolivia. But when he gets there, he's 20 years younger, and he doesn't know who he is, and he picks the name Joseph. And now he's a nice guy. Weird. Weird, weird stuff. But they all had amnesia for a time being, and theirs was temporary. But it was sudden, either partial or total loss of memory. Now, comic books aren't the only thing that love to talk about amnesia. Hollywood likes it too. There's been a whole bunch of different movies in Hollywood, from the Jason Bourne series to a movie by Harrison Ford called Regarding Henry to a comedy that was out a few years back called Fifty First Dates. I'm going to use Fifty First Dates to just let you understand a little bit about um, amnesia, and, and it's the story of Lucy, a young lady that um, gets amnesia because of a car accident. But I'll let you just hear her story. About a year ago, Lucy was in a terrible car accident. She and her father went up North Shore to get a pineapple. That you have the most beautiful suffered a serious head injury. She lost her short-term memory. So she can't remember anything? No, 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 no. She has all of her long-term memory. That's a different part of the brain. Her whole life, up to the night before the accident, she remembers. She just can't retain any new information. It's like her slate gets wiped clean every night while she sleeps. Hold on here. This sounds like something I would tell a psycho girl so she would stop calling me. Am I the psycho girl? I wish I was making this up. She has no memory that she ever met you. What about the pineapple picking thing? She says that every day because each morning she wakes up thinking it's October 13th of last year. She comes here for breakfast because that's what she did on Sundays and October 13th was a Sunday. She has no idea it's more than a year later. She reads the newspaper, though. It's a special paper her father puts on their porch every night. It's from the day of her accident. He got hundreds of them printed up. Lucy does the same thing every day. Right, Lucy, these are your brain scans here. I'm afraid they show no improvement. The temporal lobe was severely damaged in the accident. But what we believe is that scar tissue here is impairing your ability to convert short-term memory into long-term memory while you sleep. The condition has come to be known as Goldfield syndrome. Uh, who's Goldfield? A brilliant Lithuanian psychiatrist. Uh, he himself suffered temporal lobe damage. It took him four years to publish his findings. 
because he had to keep starting over from scratch. <laughs> Obviously, your sense of humor is still intact, and that's, that's here. Could you imagine how you'd react if you suddenly lost your memory? What would you do? How would you feel? Would you be terrified? Would you be frustrated? Would you be angry? Would you be sad? Would you be glad because I don't remember the past? See, comic books heroes have amnesia. We've had Hollywood write stories about amnesia, but it happens in daily life. Edgar Lapita, I never say it right, right, the tulip, sorry, was age 20. At the age of 20, he walked out of his home in Ontario, Canada. He got on the bus to drive around Lake Ontario, and they never heard from him again. He disappeared. They put in missing person reports. The police looked for him. His mother couldn't figure out where he went. He was gone. He went missing on September 2nd, 19. 86. 30 years passed. Can you imagine that? For 30 years, his mom didn't know what happened to him. She actually feared the worst. She thought maybe he'd, he'd been kidnapped, he might have been killed, he might have committed I mean, suicide. Her mind went to all the dark places. And then after 30 years, he remembered who he was. During that 30 years, he'd taken on a new name. He got himself a place to live. He got himself a job, and he started a whole new life. And then in 30 years, he remembered, my name's Edgar. He walked into the police station. He says, I don't think I am who I am. Kind of weird. And then they did a DNA test on him. And then they found out what his real name was, and they took him home. Can you imagine what his mom was thinking at that moment 30 years later? Now, he still didn't remember most of his past, but he did remember his name, and that was enough. See, when we start talking about our name or who we are, we're really talking about our identity, how we describe ourselves. You know, it's, the, it's when I ask, who am I? How do we fill in that sentence? What do we say next? I want to give you the chance. If you were talking to someone for the very first time, you introduced yourself to them, you gave them your name, and then you finished for the next minute or so with this, I am, what would the rest of the sentences be? What would you say next? How would you describe yourself? I've had a lot more time to think about it. Here's what I might say. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a soccer coach. I'm a son. I'm a pastor. I'm a golfer. I'm educated. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a music lover. I'm 54. You know what all those do, though? All of those? All of those are descriptions of me from either the past or the present. But they tell you nothing about my future. They're all temporary. And some of those could change in a moment. I mean, if I decide I've had enough time soccer coaching and I'm done, 
You can just wipe that right off of there. If I can't golf anymore because I just get frustrated with my game or my knee gives out, I'm going to say something else. I'm a checkers board player. You know, I know that I'm 54 is going to change every 365 days. But some of us live in our past. When we describe ourselves, it's from our past or this very moment. And, and you know what? That can be dangerous. Let me give you an example. If you were the homecoming queen for your high school, if you currently wear your tiara to breakfast, or you walked into church one day wearing your tiara, or you describe yourself as, I'm the homecoming queen. Guys, you're out on this one, by the way. Okay, but if, if you do that, People are going to go, that's just weird. That's just strange. You need to grow up. You need to move on. If you were the captain of the football team and now you're 40 and you're still wearing your Letterman jacket, congratulations, you fit in it, but you are weird. But you are weird. There aren't many 44, 54-year-old dudes wearing a Letterman jacket. You're living in this past in forgetting about the present and, more importantly, the future. You're living with a temporary identity. Tonight I really want to talk about not our past, but our present and our future identity. That's where we really want to be going, is what is our identity right now, and where are we going? What is my true identity as a person of God? What is our true identity as people of God now and into our future? But the problem with that is we may have the right answer at this moment. We may say, you know what, I am a child of God. I belong to God. We remember that right now, but we easily get spiritual amnesia. And it's happened to God's people over and over and over throughout history. If you look at the Old Testament, God's people forgot who they were. In Judges, we read this. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allocated, in Timnath Seria, the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. They forgot. I mean, now just think about that for a moment. They forgot he brought them out of Egypt. They forgot about all the plagues. They forgot about the part of the Red Sea. They forgot about the wilderness. They forgot about getting the... They forgot, really? They forgot. And judges over and over and over the people forget who God is, but then they remember and they cry out to God, God, save us. We know we're your people. And he saves them and shows his grace. And you know what happens next? They forget. And they move on with their lives. They move on with their busyness. They move on with their own stuff until a crisis occurs again. And then they cry out to God, oh, that's right, we are God's people. And again, God shows his mercy. God shows his grace. God shows that he is still faithful and saves them 
And once they are saved, they forget again. Now that's just during the time of Judges. After that, Israel goes into this great, great time, historical time, where they are the centerpiece of the land. We have the kingdom of Saul. We have the kingdom of David. We have the kingdom of Solomon. And after that, things get a little messed up and hairy. And spiritual amnesia occurs again. They go through a list of kings. Some of them, some of them you've never heard of. And the kingdom gets divided into two different pieces. And, and the kings don't really want to follow God and worship God. And the people don't want to follow God and worship God. And, and everything gets messed up. And they get spiritual amnesia until we get to this point in history, where it's recorded in 2 Kings 22, about a young man, Josiah, becomes king at age of eight. He becomes the king of age eight. And we read this. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother was Jedediah, the daughter of Adiah from Bazka. You love those words, don't you? When the king heard, now here's what happens. At age 18, he sends one of his young men to see the high priest. And the high priest goes, I have amazing news. What do you have? I found the scrolls. And Joseph is going like, what scrolls? You know, what are you talking about? I found the scrolls. I found the book of the law. In other words, he found the scrolls of Moses. Isn't that weird? They found them. They were in the temple all along, but they found them. What happened? They got like, what, put on a shelf somewhere, you know, put them behind a bunch of stuff and lost them and left them for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, you'll never guess what we found. Have you had that experience in your house? We had it happen today in my house. A week ago, we had a whole bunch of people over at our home and we were going to make our kitchen table a lot bigger. We knew we had another section to that table to spread it out and make it larger. We couldn't find it. We searched our house over and over and over. We searched every closet. We searched under all the beds. We searched the crawl space. I ran out of places to search for it, and I gave up. Today, my son was cleaning his room. My wife says, Doug, come here. I want to show you something. Ta-da! The missing section of our kitchen table. Well, where was that? Uh, He was using it under a bunch of junk, holding up a bunch of junk. I have that image of the scrolls. The, The high priest goes, we found these scrolls. We didn't know we even had them. It's so cool. And here's where the story picks up now. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, they'd forgotten about this stuff. They didn't even know that they were Jewish. We're Jewish. He tore his clothes in despair. Why? Because they were not following what God had called them to. They weren't close. Then he gave these orders. And again, a whole bunch of cool names, guys. To Hilkiah, the priest, to Hakam, the son of Shaphan, Akbor, the son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Isaiah, the king's personal advisor. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for the people 
and for all of Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found. They had this amnesia that we belong to God? What? Okay, now we know we belong to God. We should probably figure out what that means. And for the rest of Josiah's reign, the nation of Israel remembered their identity. But you just want to take a little guess what happens after he dies? They forget. Very good. They forget. And that's the story of the Old Testament over and over and over. That's the major prophets and the minor prophets calling Israel back to remember, 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 remember who you are because they'd get spiritual amnesia. Now you might just think, well, that's just the nation of Israel. But you know what? The Gospels aren't any better. All of the Gospels record moments of spiritual amnesia for the disciples. The one that is most stunning is on the last night of Passover with Jesus and the disciples. Now just remember, he just had dinner with them. He just got done telling them that I am the Son of God and God is my Father and I am in Him, He is in me. If you've seen me, you've seen God. I love you, He loves you. You're going to be amazing. And he gives them this incredible pep talk of who he is, who they are, who they belong to. Let's go for a walk. And they go for a walk to the Garden of Gethsemane. And while they're there, Judas arrives with the guards and the leaders of Israel to arrest Jesus. And we read this. Then all of his disciples deserted him and ran away. In that moment, they forgot they forgot who Jesus was. This guy can calm storms, but he can't deal with those soldiers. This guy can provide thousands with food, but those clubs are really painful if they hit you. This guy created all kinds of miracles. Yeah, but those are some mean, big men. And they had spiritual amnesia. They forgot who they belong to and who they were with. Now here's the really hard part. I'm just like them. I'm just like them. I forget who I am some days. I forget who I belong to. I forget what I've been called to. And I get spiritual amnesia. You see, I forget... My true identity is a person of God, just like the nation of Israel, just like the disciples, and I think probably just like you and me. And here's what I want us to remember tonight. I want us to remember that I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. It's not about who I was, who I am, or who I will be. It's about who Jesus is and what he's done. When we get to 1 John 1, 9, we're reminded, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. There's some key words in there. 
It is He who is faithful. It's He who will cleanse us. And it's all of our wickedness. And the beauty of that promise is that it's past, present, and future. There is nothing you've done in the past that can't be forgiven. There's nothing you're doing in the present that can't be forgiven. And there's nothing in our future that can't and won't be forgiven if we ask for forgiveness. That our identity is in God's grace, not in our sin. Does that make sense? It's in God's grace, our identity, not our sin and our junk. See, we also need to remember that I am a child of God. What does that mean? When Jesus talked to the disciples, he said, when you pray, pray and say, our Father. Look at God as your Father. Look at God as your parent who loves you, who wants the very best for you. In 1 John 1.12, just a little bit farther, right after he says, you are forgiven, he then says, and by the way, you're also a child of God. But to all those who believe in him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. What is our identity? It's that we are forgiven children. Doesn't that feel great to know we're forgiven children? I mean, there was moments in my life when I really messed up And I can't imagine if my parents wouldn't have forgiven me how I would have handled it. And I'm grateful that I didn't have to know what that looked like. But there is nothing we can do that God will not forgive. There is nothing we can do that we won't be his children. We have to remember that I'm chosen. That we are a chosen people. In 1 Peter it says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. And before that, who is the like that? It's the people that don't know God. The people that choose to do life their own way. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. All of that verse is about our identity. That we belong to God. That we are chosen. That we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. That he's called us into light. That's our identity. I'm not the letterman jacket wearing high school boy. I'm a forgiven child of God with a purpose and a value. Once you had no identity as a people. Now you are God's people. That's what we have to remember. And I know for some of you in the room, you're going, I'm not, even, I'm not so sure about this God thing. Okay, I'm here, I'm checking it out, but I'm not sure I'm one of God's people yet. I don't know if I've made that decision. I don't know if I've crossed the line of faith. Then for the rest of the night and this week, I want to challenge you with this. What is your identity based in? When people ask you, who are you? What is it based in? Is it in temporary things or jobs or relationships? Or is it grounded in something deeper 
and richer? Will it last? And let me give you this one. I am becoming. And this is what's important for our future when we start thinking about what's going to happen next. I am becoming. In Colossians, we read this from Paul. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, in other words, we have made Jesus the leader of our life, the forgiver of our sins. Just as you've done that, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's what I'm becoming, I hope. That's where I'm going. But if I don't have reminders in my life, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget all these incredible truths that God wants me to know. In the movie Fifty First Dates, Lucy every day forgets who she is and starts over. At the very end of the movie, they figured out how to help her remember. Watch. woman to be a lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forth as long as you both shall live I do I now pronounce you man and wife it's very cold outside so when you're ready put on a jacket and come have breakfast with me love you like Lucy, I need to be reminded every day of my true identity. Because I can fall into the trap of my old identities, or for some 
temporary identities real easily. But Lucy had that tape that reminded her of what happened in the past, and that you're married and she has a ring on her finger. And then when she comes up above, he says to her, Hey, go meet your mom. Can you imagine every day she has to be reminded, You're a mom? But she did remember her dad. Why? Because he was prior to the accident. We just need a reminder video, don't we? Some kind of reminder video that reminds us our true identity is in our relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to give you some opportunities and a way to figure that out. You know, how, how do we remind ourselves who we are? And some of them are going to sound super trite. You're going to go, oh my gosh, he's going there, really? That's like saying the answer is always Jesus. You know, I mean, you know, come on, Doug. You know, but sometimes the easiest answers are, are the best answers. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with this thought. I think every one of us has to take a time out. How many of you guys watched the Astros-Dodgers World Series? Some of the longest games in history were played during that series. There were more timeouts taken between the pitchers and the catchers in that game than I think I've ever seen. Some of them were so amazing. Now, I, just think for a moment what, what they need to talk about. You know, the catcher comes out and he says, okay, remember the last time this guy hit a line drive off of your fastball. Don't throw him the fastball. Literally, he would walk back behind the plate and before he got there, he would turn around and go back to the pitcher again. What would they say again? They just talked about it. Oh, by the way, he likes your curveball too. I mean, I don't know. Come up with a new pitch. Do something. But over and over, they had to take a time out to remind the pitcher over and over. You know, we got to take a time out. A time out to remember. The pitcher had to be reminded by the way, this guy likes that low pitch. This guy likes your fastball. This guy likes it when you put it outside. And don't throw him that. We have to be reminded, hey, your sins of the past are forgiven. They're gone. We have to be reminded of God's promises, of God's truths. We've got to be reminded of our future. Moses wrote this to the nation of Israel early on in Deuteronomy, I think it's because he knew that they would get spiritual amnesia over and over because he had the experience with them in the wilderness that think about how quickly they made a golden calf to worship after coming out of Egypt. Are you kidding me? We just got out of Egypt. We just got out of there. You crossed the Red Sea. He's protected you and already you're making a new God. So he wrote this to them. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God. And these next words should be very familiar. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Words that Jesus spoke. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I am giving you today. These are the same commandments that Josiah found that had gotten lost somewhere in the temple. 
Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're out on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Over and over and over. Why? Because they're going to forget. Tie them around your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your home and on your gates. It sounds so ridiculously extreme. And yet we know the rest of the story, don't we? That they would forget. So let me give you our take on those words. Read your Bible. I know. Yeah, I know. We're supposed to read it. I know. Read your Bible. Find a time to do it. Find a time to pray. You know, in our house, we always taught our kids to pray before meals and at the end of the night. Now, I know at times it became ritual, but the goal was for them to take a moment and remember. Remember how God's provided. Remember how your day went. Take a moment to remember. That was the goal of it, to talk to God. Here's one for you. I don't know if you like this or not, but journaling. If you are a person that hates to write, just just ignore that one. But for some of us that are journalers, it's incredibly helpful to remember what God has done, what God is doing, what God has promised to do. And let me give you a last one. Interact with others. And, and this is one that I'm doing right now. There's a, there's a group of guys I meet once, with once a month. And, and we've been doing a study for last year or so. And, and this month is kind of fun. We're doing something completely different, something new. We decided for the next 31, 30, 31 days, I got that right, we are going to go through Proverbs. And we're going to read one proverb a day. And at the end of the month, we're all going to come together and we're going to talk about our favorite Proverbs or the things we got. And in the midst of it, we've said, hey, you know what? If you find something really cool you really like, text the group. Hey, I was in Proverbs chapter 1 and I liked verse 6. Check it out. Hey, I was in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 12 is totally baffling to me. Hey, I was in Proverbs 3 and I found this incredibly challenging and encouraging. But that interaction to remind each other back and forth. I'm, I'm really anxious to see what's going to happen at the end of the month while we do this. You know, what are we going to get to say to each other? Oh man, you know what? This proverb, I read it just at the right moment at the right time in my day. It was great. That's the one I needed that day. But the bottom line out is we got to take a time out to remember somehow, or we will forget. I will get too busy. I will start running around, taking care of my family, doing my job, playing with my dog, in the yard, with my neighbors, with my friends, doing my hobbies, and I will forget who I belong to. I will forget my identity. So here's the challenge for us. Here's what I'm hoping you will do on a daily basis, that you will ask for this. That you will ask God, remind me who I am. That's, that's our challenge, to be reminded who we are. Let's pray. God, in the midst of this week, 
Help us to take a time out to remember. Help us to pause our busy days to focus on who we are and who you are. Help us to be still. To listen. To know that we are your children who are forgiven, loved, and you long to see us become the men and women you dream for us to be. In Christ's name we pray.